You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of ACB Advocacy Update. We're excited to have everybody here. I'm sorry if I sound funny this week, I'm fighting off a cold, so might sound a little bit like a frog. Um, as we always like to start off, we are here as the advocacy team here at ACB. So if you have any issues you want us to advocate for or on behalf of, feel free to shoot us an email at advocacy at ACB. Um, org. I know our email address. Um, but we'll reintroduce ourselves. You probably know us by now. You're probably sick of us. But just in case, I'm Claire Stanley, the Advocacy and Outreach Specialist. And I'm Clark Rockfall, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs here at ACB. As always, if you'd like to learn more about ACB or become a member, please visit our website, acb.org. Perfect. Well, we're really excited to have a guest today on the show um, to talk a little bit about M Enabling. I can never get that out. I got it out today. Um, a really well-known conference that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, but don't worry if you're not, you're going to know about it by the end of this podcast. Um, our very own Clark and Eric Bridges will be attending this year in June, um, but we're really excited to have um, somebody who's very um, involved in the conference come and speak to us. And we're especially really fortunate because he is coming to us all the way from across the pond. So thank you for uh, meeting with us even uh, in your late hours. So without further ado, do you want to introduce yourself, Steve? Sure. Thanks. And thanks for having me. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Steve Tyler, uh, not the famous one from Aerosmith. Uh, I am Director of Assistive Technology uh, and Transformation at Leonard Cheshire. Um, Leonard Cheshire is a UK-based organization. Um, it's one of the biggest uh, voluntary sector organizations um, of its kind in the world. It's a pan-disability organization. We operate in the UK and um, around 54 countries um, um, across the world. And we uh, represent the needs of people with disabilities of all kinds. Um, and our ambition is to promote um, people's ability to live, learn, and work in the way they want to. That's great. And Steve, you and Leonard Cheshire, you were involved in, I'll just say, uh, G3ICT, but that's the yeah. Global Initiative for Inclusive Information and Communication Technology. Could you tell us Ex a bit about that? Exactly right. Well, um, you know, we've been involved for some time, I guess, right at the inception, um, I as an individual anyway, at the inception of um, M Enabling, and this goes back to 2011. And um, the shorthand for what you just said, which uh, I think is very impressive that you got that right, <laughs> um, G3, uh, G3 um, ICT, it's um, United Nations um, entity um, and that's why and I'll come come to that in a second but that's why I think M enabling is such an interesting um, outfit so the idea of the M enabling conference right from the get-go was you know a number of us recognized that getting mobile platforms right in whatever guise they came in uh, and who could have predicted 
um, where we would be today um, in any precise way. But lots of ideas, uh, lots of conceptual stuff. But one thing was for sure, so we thought, which was mobile telecoms um, is potentially the way in which people will control their environment, consumer products, the things around them. They will become smarter, more connected. And one way or another, if we could ensure accessibility to those systems, that had to be a win um, and, and one way of securing um, access to some of the new world that was coming. And I've been on that agenda for a long time. You know, um, back in the day, um, in my, my days at Royal National Institute of Blind People and so on, I've worked on mobile telecoms. In fact, I brokered the partnership that delivered talks um, for Nokia. Um, I believed then that, you know, mobile was, was crucial um, and worked on things like digital TV accessibility and um, came over and supported Comcast in its implementation. You know, I've been in and around the field for a while, but all the time, mobile technology was key. So we brokered this, this, this idea came around and led by Axel Lebois um, and a number of other people. And we joined up with, uh, we got a great deal of support and sponsorship from G3 ICT. And we thought that was important because that got us onto the international stage in a big way. And also the International Telecommunications Union, who also were, were hugely supportive. Um, and then we needed some help with coordination. And, and those guys, EJ Krauss, um, are, are key to, EJ Krauss and Associates are key to helping and enabling um, get pushed out internationally and more widely um, across the world. So 2011, that was the beginning. We're now um, about to have uh, the 2019 version on June the 17th and 18th. We're expecting around 600 guests. Um, and the idea of the event really is understanding, getting decision makers around the table. Um, and we get a lot of support from entities like the Federal Communications Commission, uh, mm -hmm. for example, and indeed you guys are ACB now. And, um, and we, for which we're very grateful, by the way. I mean, I think um, all of these accessibility things are kind of, they're a delicate balance because if you're not careful, you can find yourselves talking to yourselves. And we really didn't want that to happen with them enabling. Um, so we invite industry members, regulators, uh, international operators. We've got CEOs and key directors of, of major companies. And we're all about promoting inclusive technology and environments for people with disabilities. Um, and we hold it in Washington specifically because that's where the FCC is based. Um, mm -hmm. And that's we want to ensure that we kind of inform their thinking in a in a big way and in fact they help significantly because they they support us through things like the um federal communications chairman's award and things like that mm -hmm. um to draw people in so we get very close to government and very close to regulators and really early on in fact um for the us m enabling kind of materialized at about the right time 
both from our point of view and I think from a US point of view too, because it was right at the time when 21st Century Comms and Video Accessibility uh, Act was in, enacted. Yeah. And getting that through and making sure people held to it and keeping the pressure on to make that a real deliverable, um, you know, that was, a, that was a big deal. So today um, we're operating in, um, you know, we've run events in Milan and Moscow and there's a Dusseldorf European event. So yeah. it's be becoming a major thing. Yeah, Claire's holding out to attend that one. She'll let Eric and me go to the local M enabling. Absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, so it's interesting that this is the, the eighth M enabling because uh, tomorrow is the eighth Global Accessibility Awareness Day. And right. I, it's really difficult to talk about one of these events without talking about the other. And it seems like you guys are doing a great job of uh, bringing those influential uh, partners and decision makers together and increasing the awareness around uh, technology accessibility uh, so that everyone can benefit. Well, the G3ICT and the, the, the M enabling crowd have also now been bolstered by um, joining with the International Association of Accessibility Professionals. And as you guys know, too well um, and, and listeners I'm sure will be aware you know that's been a real bugbear for some time that there's no recognition of people in the accessibility community in any formal way one way or another you kind of learn this weird mysterious art um, mm -hmm. and come from all kinds of backgrounds and places um, and you become either obsessed by accessibility through necessity or um, you become interested in it for all kinds of reasons, but there's no easy way of recognizing people in that space. And yet we're so reliant on each other to make this stuff happen. Without that accessibility knowledge, we wouldn't be anywhere with Microsoft, with Google, with what Apple have delivered, with what um, Samsung TV does and Amazon and, you know, all of these guys. Um, so we want to we want to begin to to i guess be recognized um as a force and this year you know there'll be more than 20 countries represented oh, wow. uh, enabling um on the committee that um looks after it that, that i'm on you know there are 32 people and we um try and make sure that the program moves with the time and 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 this year the theme is um, accessibility, transforming users' experience. And it's going to be based on a report that um, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be launching at the, at the summit, um, which is um, one that Nobility have um, created. Um, and it's looking at how we're doing with mainstream services at the moment and where and, and as a ranking of the most significant issues in current digital environments so i think that's going to be really interesting um i am not privy to the findings but as you guys know too well even though accessibility is phenomenal today compared even to i don't know nine or ten years ago when you look at the web and 
how much access we actually have to that. It's actually pretty minuscule. The numbers are big, you know, um, so we have more than we could ever have hoped for in numeric terms, but in percentage terms, it's very small. Yeah. If you look at white goods accessibility, that's still very badly behind the times. You know, transport infrastructure, some of the banking infrastructure is still not great. And having talked about mainstream operating systems, you know, um, virus checkers, you know, everyday stuff still falls well short of what we need to be really productive. And at the same time, there's massive change happening um, that hopefully will help. But, you know, we've got to make sure that we maintain uh, vigilance, to be honest. And so, you know, we've got artificial intelligence in spades, um, in all kinds of guises coming. And, um, you know, the personal assistants that we all know and love, um, Alexa and Google Home and so on. Um, but the extension of those and the potential benefits, but also potential loss if we don't um, stay on the case. You know, I get I get worried when people say, yeah, we're doing fantastically well. You know, we've got more than we ever expected. So, you know, we can focus on other stuff. And my response is, actually, there are a tiny group of us in relative terms who spend time on this stuff. And um, I think it's hugely important that we don't lose the benefits that we've gained yeah. um, and, and, and carry on where we're, where we're going. So, yeah, we've got 170 confirmed speakers. We've got 40 exhibitors, we've got um, 27 corporate sponsors oh, wow. um, and uh, supporting organize, 14 supporting organisations um, and then lots of different types of sessions. We've got plenary sessions and panel sessions, um, roundtable events and we'll be talking about 5G, okay. new legislation, uh, smart cities, um we're going to be doing some industry forecasting um and there are lots of sessions i mean one of the big themes as i've alluded to is artificial intelligence and in fact i'm running a session on um the latest and greatest in artificial intelligence and independent living uh and then there's ai and user interfaces um and ai and w3c the web consortium technology and employment Internet of Things and where that is, robotics and where they are, smart cities, whatever that means. <laughs> um, and um, so it's a, it's a jam-packed event. And we've got some great people there. You know, we've got the National Council on Disability who's delivering um, um, one, uh, a, a, a keynote. And we've got um, Andrew Johnson. He's from Gartner Research. And then we've got the chairman of, um, the FCC, um, uh, who's a big supporter, honor, he's a uh, Ajit Pai, so he's going to be a key player in the in the presentations as well. Sounds like there's some great great topics to be discussed. I know. So, as a way of background, Steve, um, we we look at three different imperatives per year on issues that ACV believes are really important to address and we commit a lot, of, a lot of time and energy. And one of those topics this year actually surrounds autonomous vehicles. 
and I was poking around on the website for Enabling this year, and it talked about autonomous vehicles. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is it going to be something that will be um, a high priority, or what kind of um, exhibits or conversations will surround autonomous vehicles? Oh yeah, um, autonomous vehicles started as a theme a couple of years ago, um, and in fact the whole notion of mobility and navigation more generally mm -hmm. is, is is a pretty enormous subject for M enabling not least because and, and you know as you know there are the more specialist end and of the of provision like um, IRA um, and what they're up to yeah. right through to autonomous vehicles and what Google is doing and then there have been some massive industry changes which we're tracking and, and covered last year. Um, so Toyota, for example, uh, along with a number of other traditional car companies have rebranded themselves mobility companies. Because mm -hmm. they began to realize that actually there are lots of ways um, that uh, an older uh, population that's growing older in the Western world and quite often that means having additional disabilities they need and want different stuff and actually we need to get with the program and begin to deliver on that yeah. and in fact toyota have have thrown down the gauntlet really and quite a lot of money to trigger innovation in this space and um we'll be getting updates on that along with the latest in where um some of the AI stuff has been um, being developed at Google and some of the trials they're doing. I mean, you know, for me, um, Tesla is a key player as well. And we'll be covering some of that stuff off around what is the state of the nation and when can we genuinely begin to see real change in, in um, how it affects us as as the blindness community and people with disabilities more generally. For sure. So Steve, you touched on 5G wireless and I know a lot of people are excited for the rollout of that new technology uh, just because not only because it's new and fancy, but because of everything else that it will enable, such as those autonomous vehicles, you know, much faster bandwidth, speed, pass through speeds, as well as low latency. Um, so we're just getting really excited for that. What do you see in the accessibility space um, that 5G can engender or bring to the market more quickly? Well, the world is becoming connected and uh, everything uh, is becoming connected. You know, in my home right now, I've got, you know, a robot Hoover, I've got Nest, I use Sonos uh, as an audio thing. I've got a smart TV um, with electronic program guides and a, uh, access to a whole range of online entertainment. And there's the Apple ecosystem as well. The amount of products, you know, we're a, we're a household of four. And at the moment, right, right this second, there are 43 items connected connected to wow. Wow. <laughs> now that's a kind of extraordinary thing when you think you know four or five years ago uh, it, it, that would have been ridiculous and and impossible because even if you 
could connect them, um, you know, you wouldn't have had the bandwidth apart from anything else. So I think a lot of the really heavy lifting is going to be done on the net, and a lot of the pulling, a lot of the pulling together of information is being done on the net, and machines of all descriptions are extracting extracting information um, and sharing information between them so connectivity is massive and the speed of connectivity and reducing latency is a critical thing i i would say i've, I've got a health warning i think because like everybody i'm very excited about the possibility of of 5g and what it could mean because um and, and the reality of what it could mean is you know um home monitoring more efficiently uh people not needing to be in wired areas to have high speed access um being able to take advantage of everything um that 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 means whether it's the connected home um right through to um smart personal devices um smart clothing uh, smart materials all kinds of things and as we can begin to see things like lots of shareable data um, is turning into phenomenal kind of ideas like um, at the moment we're very used to the concept in software of people deciding that they don't want to make money out of software they're happy to share it and make code available well now we're beginning to see that open source notion become possible with designs, designs of product that you can print in uh, 3D printing technology from wherever you are. And you can just pick it up and use it. Um, those kind of things become very possible. Our challenge, I think, is the 5G, there's a load of hype around 5G. The problem with it and the good thing about it is it's very fast but to get the speed you need a lot of constant or relatively concentrated number of um, cell towers around and that's the problem the infrastructure has to be really very um, tightly knit to make that to make that work and I think that's going to people will get pretty frustrated I suspect because big cities and even within big cities areas of big cities will have fantastic access for some time but you know more rural areas and the rest of the country I suspect will be slower in coming so my, my health warning is goodness you know I, I've been around too long I think sometimes because I remember some of these discussions back in 2002 2003 there was a there was a video that um, a, a company in Europe put out called Orange um, and it was the day in the life of um, and this was everything that we still talk about today so the the video was you know the family getting up in the morning um, as the kids wake up they're watching their favorite tv program as a wake-up call because of course the system knows exactly what they like mm -hmm. um breakfast is ready because that was all pre-prepared and programmed into the kitchen and it knows what the kids like to eat um as 
as the um, one of the members of the household goes by, the TV screen lights up because it's his birthday and he's got a thing from his mum wishing him a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And then his diary, his diary is all-knowing. It knows what he's going to do. It knows what the traffic's like. It knows that he's going to be late for dinner and it knows what his favourite pizza is and it takes the liberty of ordering that because it knows he's not going to have time to cook when he gets home. And it slotted in some downtime for him and his favourite TV programme, all of this stuff, you know. Um, and people were talking like this and showing concept videos of these notions even then. And we're not there yet. Um, and in fact, AI is m- this much talked about thing. On one level, it's amazing. When it's executed really well, it's amazing. On another level, it's a bunch of algorithms um, and they depend on rules that humans give them. And it depends how much we're concentrating when we write those rules as to how good AI ends up being after all. And of course, sometimes AI can be uh, you know, it can bring some nastiness as well as goodness. It can bring um, uh, some of the some of the nastier elements of society to the fore. Um, it can be interfered with, uh, and then the more we become reliant on these things and the whole issue around privacy, when we as a disability community rely so much on this stuff already now, um, most of us are who are in employment or in education by default become very early adopters and we become very reliant very quickly on this stuff. And it seems to me that those issues more than ever for us, those issues around privacy and um, how we look after our data, how we take, take care of each other um, in the, in the new universe of shareable, everything on, on demand data, Mm. all of that stuff for us, more than any other community, I would suggest, are hugely important issues. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been so informative and so helpful. Um, So thank you for coming and speaking to us today. And I know, I hope this will excite a lot of our members about the M Enabling Conference this year. And I know Eric and Clark will be excited to attend. So I'm eager to hear what what they learned this year and bring back to our office. So yeah, the M Enabling Summit this year is June 17th to 19th, and that'll be hosted in the Washington, D.C. area in Arlington, Virginia. Right here in our yeah. backyard to the national office, so yeah. So and it's at the Arlington Capital View Hotel. Yes, it's, it's so close to home that I don't even think Eric will spring from the <laughs> <laughs> Well, like we always like to end with, we just want to remind our listeners that if you want to find out more about ACB, please go to acb.org and check out our website. You can find out all about our affiliates on the state level, the chapter level, special interest groups. If you're not a member, check it out. Get involved. We'd love to have you become a a member of ACB. And as always, if you have any issues you want Clark and myself to address, you can email us at advocacy at acb.org. That's advocacy at acb.org. And you can learn more about the M Enabling Summit at M Enabling, the letter M as in Michael, enabling um, dot 
what is it here, Steve? I'm blanking. Org. If you do an M enabling Google search or M enabling 2019, it will come up. Great. Perfect. Well, remember, everybody, like we always say, keep advocating, and we'll talk to you next time. Technologic. 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 Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, crash it, change it.